Oh, I must have already told you about this then. Because they're talking about Freddy's. Mm-hmm. No, you didn't tell me about that. About so Freddy's. Freddy's is like supposed to be the jam. It's supposed to be like the best secret there is. There's only f- oh, there's a bunch of them. Oh, there's, so there's they're in every state pretty much except for like Washington. <laughs> so where are we Oregon, to get to? <laughs> Wyoming, South Dakota. They're in California though. Well, Dan flew to Vegas today. Yeah. So I told him to try them. He's, he's all about trying uh, Shake Shack. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But apparently, Shake Shack isn't very good in Vegas. Oh, really? No, and these Texas guys I was talking to today, they said they ate out burgers in Texas, and it fucking yeah. sucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They say it's like garbage. They said Texas? California In N Out Burger is great. But. So I heard In N Out Burger. Why would it be garbage? They I don't the, know. They still use the same uh, sources for everything. No. I thought that was their whole thing. They, they source they with... They only go to places that are close enough that they can use the same... Yeah, so they can't do that. They have to, like, source... They have to source the meat from... Texas? From Texas, I think. It has to be within a certain vicinity. I think that's how it works. Are you sure these weren't people that are just, like, what about... Whataburger freaks? They are Whataburger. Oh, okay. They do, like... But they said everybody in Texas likes Whataburger. I know everybody does. But he's, like... <laughs> but I've heard, like, articles that are, like... Why everyone in Texas is delusional because Whataburger oh. sucks shit. <laughs> yeah, it might be. They weren't saying that Whataburger is great. They said this place is fucking the bomb, though. <laughs> I don't know. They were all, like, in their early 20s. Yeah. Nice guys. They said Friday Night Lights was the most realistic show what Texas ever made. They said it's just <laughs> like that. This one kid, I, he said, I forget how many championships, he's like, I went to a school, like, a, this small town, there's like a thousand people or whatever. <laughs> he's like... 25 or 9 I don't know how many he said it was like a, a big number is like state championships they've had like doing football <laughs> that'd be crazy how much yeah. pressure it's too much pressure for a kid man yeah is the yeah my mic's not up they're not a pussy. broken again what did you say so yeah. not if they're not a pussy oh okay yeah like what's his name he got his fucking bo- bra- back broken Loser. <laughs> Chump. Weak. Okay. Hey, guys. Welcome back. I'm here with uh, with James and Dustin. Say hey, guys. Hey. So, James, anything interesting? Anything you want to talk about that you watched or saw or did this week? Yeah, I mean, the only one that's really sticking out is uh, I started listening to a new podcast that you recommended, uh, a Hollywood Handbook. Great podcast. Weird. It's a. It takes a bit to get into it. Yeah, it's definitely weird. It, it starts with this. Well, the one episode I'm listening to starts with a story about a game he was playing with somebody in a church involving making a haiku, haiku yeah. poem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you lose, then you get baptized. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is Patton Oswalt on that one? Yeah. Yeah. So you're a couple behind. Yeah, I figured I'd start a couple behind. It's. Yeah, you don't. What is, what's the premise? They just like hang out with somebody so, famous. <clears throat> the premise is is that uh, it's Sean and Hayes, and they are Hollywood insiders, and they talk about kicking butts and taking names in the something we call show, like the business we call, or something like that. It's kind, of, it's like a sketch show, like it's this them oh, okay. playing characters, and they start off every episode by like telling a story about hanging out with a famous person, and then. It's kind of really hard to explain exactly what they do. I don't have the I don't have like the 
I don't, what's the thing? I, I don't know the words to explain it as in like, I don't know how to describe that type of comedy. Hmm. Yeah. I lack it's definitely kind of, it's definitely kind of weird. Yeah. But is it entertaining? Yeah. I think once you get into it and once you get like to understand the characters are playing and like how ridiculously and stupid it is, it's, it's, I like it a lot. It's my favorite podcast right now. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you're listening to it. Yeah. Dustin? Uh, let's see. I've been watching Castle Rock. Mm. Uh, three in so far. So what do you think of the first three? Are you bitching about it like everybody else on the internet? No. And, well, not really. I mean, I there's a couple things where I can see people's concerns about certain things. But I feel like right now, like I'm trusting the writers. Maybe I shouldn't because I've been burned before. But You, you uh, don't think this is a lost situation? I hope not. I mean, I could see that. It, I can see how it might turn out that way. But I'm, I'm certainly <laughs> hoping it doesn't. I think it could easily turn out to be a lost situation. Yeah. Uh, but so far, I'm interested, and I'm definitely going to keep watching. I think it looks... I like it. So it's a new show? It's a brand new show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Loaded with Easter eggs for Stephen yeah. King fans. Yeah. I mean, some of them are pretty, like, blunt. Like, when Pennywise, yeah, yeah. like, walks down the street, <laughs> and he's like... I miss that. Cujo's, like, on a leash. <laughs> right. Yeah, it has got a little boy's arm in his... Teeth. Right. I mean, just some subtle things. Just like some little, that. like little, little, little sprinkles. They just like sprinkle uh, it. It's not based on like a Stephen King book or movie or anything. It's just uh, these people that are, have written a show that's like set in the world. Like a lot of his books take place in a town called Castle Rock. Oh, I see. And so it's just like set in his world and it has some of the characters you've seen in some of his other stuff, but he didn't like make it himself. Or yeah, like the sheriff uh, from Needful Things. Is, yeah, yeah. It's in it, and they reference Cujo. There's a lot of references in the opening credits to different uh, uh, Stephen King books. I haven't found that. a good succinct, like... And there's just characters who seem like maybe they're related to somebody from other like, yeah. last names or the same. Yeah. I'm waiting for, like, a really good breakdown, like a video breakdown of... I haven't seen it yet, but... Yeah. I liked it. I'm yeah, glad so you like it, too. It. I also watched um, First Reformed, Ooh. Ethan Hawke. Yeah, I want to watch that. It is a weird movie. Is uh, it good? The first two thirds are really good. Oh, okay. First two acts. Um, last act, it just like goes off the rails in a weird way. Mm. But apparently, some people liked. I I didn't think it worked though. Okay. <laughs> I I don't know. It kind of ru- I hate when the ending is bad to something you're really liking. Like a Stephen King book. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, Although usually in a Stephen King book, it's long enough that the journey feels like it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but in this, it's like you're watching it in this movie and you're like, okay, I'm two thirds through. This is really, really like everything. The acting's really great. It's, the cinematography is excellent. The story makes sense. And then all of a sudden it just decides to take this really weird fucking swerve. And I I didn't care for it. It kind of ruined, kind of ruined it for me. Unfortunately. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, well, no, I'm not, I'll now, be interested to hear what you think about it. Well, now I'm not going to watch no, it. No, you got to watch it. I can't cause, watch cause it because maybe you'll like the swerve. Oh well, it's just a weird. Uh, well, it's not like it's a. It's not like it's a twist. It's just like suddenly things change a lot. Paul <laughs> Schrader's an old man. It. Well, yeah, wrote Taxi Driver and Raging, Raging Bull. Bull. Yeah, a Affliction. Of, a lot of Scorsese movies. Well, yeah. I'm excited to watch it. I'll, I'm watching it regardless of your tepid review yeah i watched to complete the trifecta of all of us watching it i have watched blockers right and i really liked it It it's very enjoyable it's really good 
It had some nice sort of um, upendings of t- typical teen sex comedy type of... Uh, yeah, they do a really good job of kind of turning those cliches on their head a little bit. Um, I like... I liked it. Um, I don't really get why You Can't See Me was cast. What's his name? Oh, that, John Cena? John yeah. Cena. He's, he's got a lot of charm. He's, he does, but... He's still a little rough around the edges. I think it would have been a better movie with somebody else. You think so? Like Maybe. The Rock? Like The Rock. No, The Rock wouldn't have... The Rock's too polished. He's like a pearl. I don't know. I thought John Cena was pretty good in there. I thought he was all right Okay, was the, he the film. I think the question is... is John Cena was good in the movie, but would the movie have been better without with somebody else other than John Cena? Well, possibly. I mean, but you can almost always say that. Well, I'm going to say that about the movie we're watching today. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, John Cena should have been <laughs> exactly. I know yeah. what That's exactly what I was. <laughs> no, thinking. Bruce Willis should have been. Oh, I thought yeah. it was. I thought it was really good. I thought it was. A, it was fun. I liked that. Um, what's that? Ike uh, Barinholtz. The yeah. Uh, He's really great, and like I liked that his character was like he's kind of like the shittiest of the parents, but he's actually the one who's more in tune with the kids and yeah. what's happening with them and stuff. I called that like like right away. I turned to like Diana and I was like, "Okay, so this is what's going to happen. He's going to know everything yeah. about what's happening, and no one else is going to know anything." But I think that he's pretty funny. I've always thought he was pretty funny. Yeah, I like him a lot. But let's talk about this movie, guys. So we got 1974, I believe. The original Death Wish. The original Death Wish. Recently remade by Eli Roth and Bruce Willis. Yeah. 2017, I think. I'm glad we watched this version, even though I didn't end up thinking it was great. Oh, here's a, have <laughs> here's, you seen the other? I haven't seen the new one. No. Hey, oh. here's a hot take. Eli Roth kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. not really a hot take. Ah. Uh, yeah. Cabin Fever, the first movie? Great. Uh, Everything yeah. else he's done since then? Cabin Fever. Much one sure. of his most maligned movies, though. Yeah, well, now. Uh, I liked it. It was pretty popular. I mean, at least in a cult following at the time. They made a sequel. Then, yeah, no, they made a remake of it. Did they make a remake? Yeah. Oh. Weird, which is, I don't know why they would do that. Not, it wasn't even that old, but. Um, well, we're not here to talk about last year's. Oh, you want to do an Eli Roth breakdown? Ugh. <laughs> I was going to say we're not here to talk about last year's. Film by film. Hostile. <laughs> no. I never got into the torture porn stuff. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't my favorite. Yeah, but we're here to talk about... This is the story of a man who decided to clean up the most violent town in the world. Listen to the real. Give me the money. He begins where all the super cops leave off. Bugging has gone down by how much, sir? 950 a week to 470 to be last week. You understand not so many people know that. And, uh... You want to keep it that way, huh? Oh, no, we have to keep it that way, Inspector. Call him a mad vigilante. Call him a hero. Either way, he's always on target. We want you to get out of New York. Permanently. Never make a death wish. Because a death wish always comes true. And you get to love it. Death Wish. This was uh, Dustin Year's pick, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I kind of wanted to do it for a while. I kind of wanted to do a head-to-head, but I guess I'm glad we didn't because it would have been a slog for sure. Uh, But yeah, I hadn't seen this, I think, since I was like a teenager maybe or even younger. Um, 
This was my first time seeing it. Yeah. James? I'm pretty sure I remember watching it on TV, even yeah. though it seems like it shouldn't be on TV. Perfect TV movie. <laughs> but Perfect. I'm, but I, I think I've seen it on TV before. Lots of long, quiet parts, and then a burst of violence that probably gets edited out. Yeah. 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 So I think I watched, there was like a Death Wish marathon, so I watched a bunch of them. Oh. Probably on A&E. Well, that yeah. sounds like a slog. Yeah. Because I've seen a couple of the sequels and they are way worse than this. Oh, they're one. definitely worse than this one. Yeah. This one at least, this one at least kind of tries to have something to say about vigilante. Yeah. Not, I mean, okay. I'm not saying it does a great job. In, do you want to jump into that right away? Or let's just talk about the movie first. Let's okay, just go yeah. over so the So first sense. we got this guy, Paul Kersey. Him and his wife come back from vacation and his wife and his daughter are out grocery shopping. And then some punks. Some goddamn Goldblooms. Some goddamn Jeff Goldblooms. Uh, follow them back to their apartment and they break in and they like rape them and yeah. and they kill them. They kill the mother and they rape the daughter. Get a real like warriors vibe from these guys. Yeah, totally. Like a real like come out and play. Yeah. Uh, this movie's and in- that kind of continues throughout the movie. Every time you see the thugs or the, you know, the guys that are trying to rob people and stuff, they're always like a bit of that. Yeah. Warriors kind of. So he kind of goes off the deep end. And he starts becoming, he becomes a vigilante. Yeah. So he, they paint him first as like sort of a liberal heart hearted guy. Yeah. Um, and then after this happens to him, then of course he switches over, but it's not until he gets his developed photographs of his wife from their Hawaii vacation that he, uh, yeah, that he really well, goes when over. Does he, he when does he it. get the developed photos? Which, which, which it's kill a, was it's he? It's a lot. No, no. That's the first, that's before he gets the first kill. He, um, oh, okay. So before he gets the first kill, he, he gets, gets the picture, and then that's what kind of what I think set like breaks the breaks him. I don't know, sets him off. Well, I think then he he goes on that trip to Arizona right. to meet uh, Ames Jane Chill. Yeah, he goes on a trip to what Arizona. A, what a name! So we, we, we setting it up like he really is a supposed to be a, a very liberal. He's an uh, architect. Ar- he, he's or like a he's it's like a planner, like a. Yeah, and he's a, they, there's many references to how liberal he is, and with his friends and or his coworkers. Right, there's some conversations about whatever people that are impoverished, yeah, and whatever. And then he obviously after the death of his wife, he takes this real hard. I'm gonna call it a right turn, uh, <laughs> deep into the heart of fascism, uh, and starts kind of like killing people. I he just, starts. He just starts killing muggers and people, yeah, people but, who try to attack him. Well, and stuff. He, he, yeah. I think eventually he goes to actually like hunting for them. Yeah, but, but at first he's just trying to protect himself. Yeah. Well, I think he wants to get into situations where he's gonna. Well, I, so, I eventually he does. Like the one detective said, "How long did he ride the subway until somebody?" Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So he's, he, he's looking for it. He's looking for trouble. I think that it's it's like he just starts going down a road, and like the first time he kills somebody, yeah, he he so vomits, he, comes, he pukes, and he's like all upset about. I'm it. I'm guessing that's his soul. He's puking out. <laughs> so he, he he pukes, and uh, after that, he just has no problems. Yeah, he's. And he he goes from shooting, killing shooting people, guys left and right. Yeah, but he goes from like killing people to like hunting and murdering them. Like where he he inflicts a wound on somebody 
And then as they're running away, shoots them in the back. Yeah. To, yeah he just sees them as like, like he, animals. He becomes an animal. To... At the, yeah. It's just, it's true. Like, so I don't, you were talking earlier. When, I mean, this is the real crux of the whole movie is like, does this film have any social commentary? And the only social commentary I believe it has is, is that like he becomes a fascist and he's celebrated for it. Well, I don't know if I totally agree with that assessment in the movie of the movie. I think uh, certainly there are people in the movie that we see that are happy about what he's doing, like other citizens and stuff that are starting to imitate him mm-hmm. or whatever, stuff like that. And then that turned into an actual real life thing where a few people did some acts of yeah. vigilantism. There, well, there's, there's the famous, yeah. I, I wish I knew the guy's name, um, but there's the, the guy who uh, on the subway subway in New York, he shot and killed somebody Yeah, and he went to trial and he like admitted it and he got off. And that, that was like in the eighties though. Okay. Um, but I don't think the movie totally comes down on one side or the other. I think it kind of doesn't really totally pick a side. Really? Yeah. I don't, I don't get the impression that we're necessarily supposed to think that he is a hero or something. I completely Um, disagree. I believe that it comes down firmly on the side I don't think that, it does. I think the sequels do. <laughs> I think no. I, I think it does. Like he, uh, he, he comes firmly down on the side that this is it. it it's okay what he did. That he's a good guy. That I never got that feeling. What what uh, the cops let him get away with it. The cops let him get away with it, but that's because of political reasons that they let him get away with it. They're not like if oh movie, we we no. endorse what he's doing. No, here's we like, the thing we, though. We like him. So if the movie if the movie really wanted to show that that wasn't good, then the cop would have been the hero and stopped him. Yeah, and that, well, that detective no, really wanted would be, to. Then it would be picking the side that he, what he was doing was bad. I don't think the movie picks a side it at all. It does pick a side. By allowing him to continue, it picks a side. I don't think so. How is that not fair? If, if there's, a, if there's a, a killer and you let the killer go, you've picked a side. You could yeah, have, but it's, you, it's, you could more, have, it's done in a way that's like... Well, this is really just happening to be politically expedient and not because anyone thinks that he's good or whatever. If you want other than like some people in the community are like, yeah, it's about time someone fucking stuck up for blah, blah, blah. If you didn't want to pick a side, a cop would have killed him and not told anybody that he was the vigilante. Well, that would have been a way to do it. Apparently there was an alternate ending where Detective Ochoa, the guy that's pursuing him throughout the movie, mm-hmm. uh, where... Charles Bronson would have been killed um, while trying to kill the actual punks that did the stuff to his family, who we never see again, actually. Um, well, so there's, uh, that brings up something else. And then the detective else. would have picked up the gun himself and, and, kill, and killed. But see, no, that just continues <laughs> this idea that like the only solution to this well, that problem is violence. I think what it's trying to do with him going to Arizona and then going to that western town and watching that demonstration is to be like the kind of on your own scenario where you got to protect yourself. Yeah, and no, kinda, no one's doing it for you. And it, like he says a bunch of lines. Like at the end he says, the detective says to get out of New York, right? By sundown, and he says, "By sundown." It, uh, it's kind of like trying to tie it into. He tells that. that one thug to fill his hand as well, which is a yeah John Wayne. <laughs> yeah, but all of that is just once more saying that you have to do what you have to do. He does not go out in any way to protect himself 
after the first like kill. He goes out and he goes looking for people yeah, to no, kill. He yeah. baits them and he kills them. Like he's yeah. a straight murderer at yes, that point. Yeah, for sure. And I think that the it it said the movie says it's okay by not saying it's not that. okay. I guess I don't see what the difference between that and a western where there's a gang and you we've seen westerns where the good guy goes and he'll hunt these people out and shoot yeah. them to like get rid of them out of the town. I guess the mm-hmm. I guess what's the difference? Yeah. The I well like a like a posse? Like give me an example. Yeah, like like there's a posse they let's say somebody either you know, a gun. Tombstone. They've got to. They start eliminating cow, the cowboys. Game yeah, or whatever. One by I one. I mean, they That's, they go to be um, United States Marshals at the end, and then yeah. they go hunt them down. I'd and shoot say them. that but, that's that's more of a fantasy, like. A cowboy movie is more akin to a space movie to me, as in like there are two worlds that are, don't exist anymore. So you're more like living out a fantasy in that realm, like where there's yeah. where there's a, a line of good and bad. This movie, I feel, tries to muddle that, mm-hmm. but not be clear and not actually. Yeah, no, I don't think it's clear. Well, I think I, I, don't, I don't think he, I don't think it shows him becoming. Uh, a better person or more satisfied with his life. He, he just become he becomes sort of an obsession. No, for it him doesn't. It added absolutely. Sorry, start, I'm gonna talk over you. I don't see that at all. I don't see him becoming happier. I see him now progressing and down this like spiral of like now he is this person who goes around and kills people because so, he can't not or something. There's a see that, that that's not true at all because there's literally oh, okay. there's literally <laughs> there's literally a scene in the movie. That shows him happier. What, when he goes to work? No, when he repaints his house, his son-in-law comes over and he goes, oh, it's a different color. It's cheery. It's what? What? I can't be happy? Yeah. And in that, he's like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, because he's like, I'm moving on. Yeah. But he is happier. This is fulfilling him in some sense. You might have a point there. He, he, He actually says... He wants the he wants the color because it makes him cheery. What's wrong with being happy? He wants the music on. He wants to eat spaghetti and that, liver me, that, medium that rare, which more is disgusting. Like, <laughs> that comes more across like he's like desperately trying to be happy though than actually is being happy. Well, then that's a fault of the film because I think that the film does not show any kind of nuance. Like I don't think that it does. I think with the choice well, of I this, well, I think part of that is Charles Bronson is not a terribly emotive actor, but like he's not. He doesn't show anything other than grim Charles Bronson face, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, but that's time. also a choice of like he doesn't even seem all that upset when <laughs> when yeah, they get that's true attacked because he doesn't have that like. And then what about the ending? Like the ending scene when he goes to Chicago, and he literally oh, points yeah, he, at the camera and, and he the, like does the, yeah because it's showing you he's going to continue doing this like. But he's the he's the hero. He's a protagonist. I don't know. No, the I, hero. I, I would say like, that by the fans' reaction and by how this movie was received, he is definitely the hero. Yeah, and people well, treat him as such. And that's a different context too of when the movie came out, the kind of crime that was happening in New York at the time, which where it was like super fucked up and people were getting attacked and mugged like all the time. So for people who saw the movie, they were like, "Yeah." Fuck but I, that, so and that's, is, sorry, is it kind? Of, sorry, is it kind of similar to like Dirty Harry in that sense? Because Dirty Harry was very much. Well, Dirty Harry, there's some differences. Dirty Harry was he was a cop, and he was but he was like one of those cops who you know well, can't would, follow the rules. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> Blue Lives Matter, man, <laughs> got to blow people away. Well, it's always a situation in these movies where 
oh well the person was justified because of the way okay. that the so let me, movie let me, was set up let me let me switch this around then if like I, it's hard because I haven't seen the remake but I believe that the, the this movie has got like strong undertones of I mean it I hate to say that the movie's racist, but it's not not racist. <laughs> well, this this is a conversation that takes place in the movie. Yeah, at the party. At that party, and you get all these different people having different, and people are on different sides of the equation about yeah. what they think about this guy, this vigilante. And you have that actual conversation you have, where you have a the one very guy says, slight aside. One guy says like, "Oh, he's clearly racist because he's shot more black muggers or whatever," and then the other the woman is like. Oh well, more more muggers are black, which is yeah. de- de- definitely doesn't come across great. No, and but that like no. that I think that that what the, one of the problems with this movie is that it tries to simplify the conversation into those littlest like those little things. Yeah, it, it's it, not it's uh, not wait, a it's not a well crafted film across no, and, the board. And that's what I'm saying. The movie brings up these really big questions. Yeah. Okay, so I'm maybe I'm coming around to your side a bit more. It brings up these really big questions which it doesn't have the guts to like actually deal with. And I believe that by not dealing with them, it abdicates him of responsibility. And it says that what he does is right. And I think that, that by introducing these questions without, without actually making there any kind of like consequences or like moral conundrums really throughout the whole film, it's saying, well, maybe it's not the best, but it's not bad. And I mean, really what else is there? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It definitely doesn't. It definitely doesn't, uh, you know, punish him or give him consequences for his actions. I mean, it would have been interesting maybe if he was caught and had to do a stint at, in jail at the end or something, or or there was a trial and there was like all this outcry of public opinion both ways. And we, I don't know. I yeah, and I think that, that I know that normally we don't talk about this as much, but this movie really I feel like necessitates a conversation on. On what it's trying to say more than more than like any other movie we've watched. I guess I just thought that it had a bit more. It dealt with things more philosophically than I expected it to. Oh. <laughs> like I thought it was just going to be like straight up. Here's this guy. Boom. He, you know, his wife and daughter. And then he just goes around killing people. And well, yippee. yeah, I mean, it kind of follows a similar storyline to, um, the exterminator yeah the exterminator yeah well the exterminator follows a similar story to this no yeah but like there's a bunch of movies around that time that follow a similar it became a thing for sure i mean of course there ended up being five death wish movies yeah over the course of 20 20 years movies i'm guessing no no they were all they were all yeah in theater they're all they're all hard r movies yeah Oh. And the second, the other ones got more violent, I think, and definitely got less interested in any kind of discussion about what. There's no this morality meant. in them, and for, it gets pretty crazy. Like it involves bigger and bigger, larger guns and more over the top. I did think it was an interesting, like it was an interesting decision too that he never actually encounters the guys who did the crime. I feel like if they had made, you know, and they made this now, I haven't watched the remake, but I feel like. It would all be about specifically going after the specific people but who did I, this to you. See, that's another reason why I feel like this movie celebrates him and celebrates this 
this ideal is because at that moment after his wife is killed, he does not go out to find reparation for like the people who hurt him. He goes, it's kind of more realistic in a way because he doesn't have a way of finding those people. So no, he just he, starts attacking but the people he just who starts, are yeah. similar. So he just wants his pound of flesh. Yeah. But, yeah. But how, like, how would he know? Like for all he knew, he killed yeah, he could the have. people that no, attacked I, yeah, he, his that's wife. What, but that's why I'm saying it's interesting is because he's not, He's not hunting specifically those people. He's just he's just killing people to make himself feel some kind of peace or but something. They don't he's, show him like another thing is that they don't show him like have any moment of like crisis of faith where he's like, "Is what I'm doing wrong?" Like, well, we see that the first kill, the, he's, okay, the first he's, kill, he's like made sick, which I didn't expect actually that well, he the, would have that reaction. So like the first kill, okay, it makes him sick. But after that, there's no like point in which now he's over it. Now he, quite, he kills. Yeah. He's just it, like, I'm is just, it the first kill? That yeah. Makes him the first sick? kill. Yeah. Makes or him the sick. first attack where he, it's not hit. when he quarter, hits the guy at the quarters. It's when he kills, he kills that first person. Oh, yeah. I see. After he shoots the first. Yeah, okay. Who is it? Which one was the first one? I'm trying to remember now. I don't know. They're all kind of so similar. They're all similar. Yeah. Like he's approached in the subway station or he's approached on some steps in the park. Mostly by black people. Yeah. Usually. Um, But yeah. So I don't know. Like I don't, I really don't get the sense that it celebrates him. The movie. I can tell you who. It definitely lets him off. I can tell you definitely who believes it celebrates him and who hated this movie is the author. Yeah. Um, The, uh, The novel that it was based on. Brian Garfield, the author of the original novel, uh, he wrote this in response to having his, I believe, uh, the his, the top of his convertible slashed. Okay. So he he uh, he came out. I was at a party, or I don't know where the fuck he was. Anyway, he came out and like the top of his convertible it was like was slashed. And he wrote a novel about like people going on revenge for crimes that happened against them, right? Mm-hmm. Except for if like I I have not read his book. Um, I read a bunch of stuff about his book and he hated this movie yeah. because he believed that it had, uh, it, it went the complete opposite way. Um, where his movie was about a man who like was broken because of his wife's death and it, it broke him and then his life fell apart. And like he, he, he was he, also like a more mild mannered type of yeah, he was an guy. He wasn't a Charles Bronson type. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. And he, it's, it's about how that violence and all those things is not, not the way mm-hmm. this movie did everything opposite pretty much of, of what he, he wrote. Well, that's how he felt. I don't, I don't know that the movie went completely opposite. Uh, well, it's, I, I've been, lo- I went looking cause I was trying to say, cause does this movie hold up? Right. You know, it depends on who you read. Um, a lot of. A lot of action movie websites and stuff like that are like, fuck yeah, like oh, fucking fucking rules. I, I don't know. It's like uh, I, it's not that exciting of a no, movie. It's not even a lot of a lot of long, boring parts. This falls into the um, taking a Pelham one, two, three. Uh, not an action movie. Action movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have a bunch of shooting scenes, but they're not action scenes. They're not like hunting scenes. They're not set pieces. They're just like some guys approach and attack him and he shoots them. Yeah. And there's nothing like particularly fancy or stylish about it, right? No. I'm not to say there that is it's... there is sort of a brutality to it even though it's not like particularly violent by today's standards. Would you consider Cuz it's the... kind of more matter of fact, like it's not like 
stylized it's just like bang i just shot this guy like fucking dead in the, yeah, in the street mm-hmm. i think that this is something that it's kind of missing i don't know it can, it can never probably be redone it's just there is this thing of like late 70s or 70s and like probably early 80s new york crime movies yeah. that we're never ever gonna see again there's like this disgusting grit and <laughs> yeah like the shadows. It feels and the, like it was a grimier time. Well, for everything I read <laughs> about even it is just horrible. Like the city. It just feels like something about when you watch these movies. It's like, oh, this period of time was was kind of yeah, shitty. In, even in <laughs> what is, yeah. is RoboCop Chicago, Detroit, Detroit. I mean, like even in there, you, like you see, there is this like filth of like the seventies and eighties that I don't think we're ever gonna truly understand, other than just seeing it through film. Yeah, yeah. And there is something that's really. I, I like watching about like watching that on screen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, another thing that you get uh, talking about the, the time period is all the shit with the medical with the daughter. Like, oh, yeah. like she's just going through postpartum, right? And like, um, not postpartum, but some kind of depression, some kind of, uh, no PTSD, PTSD. PTSD. Yeah. She's going through some PTSD and they're like doing all this shock treatment and all sorts of shit. Yeah, Maybe. she's like catatonic. I think shock treatment's back, actually. <laughs> Is it? I think so. We never really checked back in with the husband, the, the okay. son-in-law. The son-in-law? Calls him dad. Yeah, so I Constantly. was confused. Dad, listen, dad. I, I, dad. I read an article. That's how I realized it was his... I didn't know who was who. I didn't know if it was his son or his daughter-in-law. No, no, yeah, no. It was his but daughter, it was his daughter and, son-in-law. and the son-in-law. And then I was like, maybe the brother and sister i didn't i honestly didn't know who calls their dad who goes well i think it was more common to do that back in the day um i think certainly was, i don't do he that. was definitely trying to overemphasize. it was a way dad yeah, was like, dad, 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 dad. dad. <laughs> it would have been good if they said a little more like she's my daughter like i don't know something i would have understood it a bit more but maybe that's just the problem with the time. Older thing because i i do remember like my parents even calling their you know, each of their in-laws, mom and dad. Diana calls my mom, mom. See, so it still happens. It's not, but it's not that. It's the fact that it was done. I never really truly understood because uh, I, I don't know why. I don't remember what, what indications there were, but I knew what the situation was for some reason. I, I think there was a point where he said something about she's my daughter and I've, I've had enough of you and your with your doctors. Now it's going to be. Yeah, but that's like, that was later on. That was movie. definitely later. Yeah. Yeah, for some reason I understood what the relationship was. Oh, and that's why it was so off-putting to me that he kept calling him dad so much. Well, at the beginning when uh, the attack happens, he says, uh, can you get my wife on the phone? And then the reception's oh, like, yeah. your son-in-law is on, the phone. on yeah. the phone. Yeah. I must have missed that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's supposed to be... Yeah. And then just so much dad. So much dad. <laughs> I don't think he ever there. calls him by his name. Like, it would make more sense to me if he kind of switched back and forth a little bit. I guess. I think it would have just been... It would It would have just made one... Um, it would have made sense if at one point he said something along the lines of like, like, I'm her husband and I understand that you're her, her father, but like... I still care or something like that. Like. Right. That whole, that whole part of the movie is, seems pretty under, underdeveloped. And then like we never actually see any kind of outcome or resolution to it. And he just has to leave New York at the end and move to... Was he moved to? Chicago. Chicago. So, uh, Shot town. <laughs> 
So we don't, actually, we don't know if his daughter's all right, which we assume probably she isn't based on how things were going. Yeah. So far I read Chicago is where the new movie is set. The second one? Yeah. I read that the second one, not the second one, sorry, the Eli Roth movie. Oh, the remake. Yeah. So the origin, so the book, Paul's an accountant. In the movie, he's a architect. And in the new movie, Bruce Willis is an ER doctor. Oh, okay. And the... <clears throat> Also, what I read was that he spends more time, like, investigating, like you said. Oh, well, he said, it does say in this movie that he was, uh, he was in the military. He was, like, the head of a medical team in the yeah, military. Yeah, he was a, so. a, a, a um, conscious objector. Right, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. But so in this one, he's, a, uh, he's an ER doctor who uh, guns down people in Chicago and spends time also he investigating. broken his Hippocratic Oath. <laughs> yeah, I bet you there's a line in there somewhere. Yeah, because apparently the new movie's also full of one-liners. Yeah. Oh yeah. That well, the trailer for the new movie definitely makes it out to be that he's a hero. Yeah. And okay, so and rah, I think rah, rah. Rah, rah. as a quick aside, I mean, I already on my soapbox about this movie being what I don't necessarily agree with, but we can all agree that it was probably in poor taste. To make Death Wish sequel yeah. at this point in time <laughs> in our in our life, it's kind of a weird choice of yeah. all the movies to remake. It seems a little. It definitely seems a little tone deaf to put it out. Now. Like Exterminator, Exterminator yeah. remake. That would be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I'd, I'd watch it. Extermin- only, if, only if they could get Larry Bird. Oh, that Larry Bird looking <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. I would like to see a more than a Death Wish remake. I'd like to see a Miami Connection remake. Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay, you just ruined the magic. How about this '90s Miami Connection remake ska band instead of? <laughs> <laughs> they're a ska band that knows um, what's the Jewish uh, martial arts? Oh, Krav Maga. Krav Maga, <laughs> <laughs> and they're all from the same synagogue. That would be, you know, that's what I'm talking about. I don't but know. Not I, I still wish. like the idea of the sequel where they go on the tour to the countries. <laughs> yeah, to all the you home countries. It would, it would be just like Street Fighter. Yeah. So, yeah. So, are you saying you want to do Street Fighter with Jean Claude Van Damme? I do it. That coked up <laughs> monkey. He's all over. There's a, the behind the, there's a, what's it called? An oral history was just done with Street oh, yeah. Fighter. <laughs> and apparently he was just coked to the gills the entire time. Oh yeah, time. I read that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's not surprising. Is it? <laughs> no, not at all. Not even a little bit. Oh, Jean Claude. He's a little man. Jean Claude. JCVD. So, do we want to talk about anything else? Um, I want to bring up one thing Jeff about Gold- your Jeff about your reviews before we get into reviews. Uh-huh. I asked James this question upstairs because I was going through my reviews. I put mine in. And uh, I noticed that you guys gave it both six for quotes and tropes. Well, that was more for tropes than for quotes. There's not really much of anything quote-wise. There's not much quote-wise. There's some... There's like that that one at the end that I said. And then there's one... I think he says, do you believe in Jesus? You're going to meet him or something. It's kind of like a throwaway line. Yeah, he doesn't really say... Like, he doesn't have like... He's not like, it's not like Schwarzenegger. He doesn't say something quippy before he blows them away. Yeah, he, he just, just shoots kills people. Them. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Tropes like the one detective that knows everything, but 
you know, the rest of the police department is, I guess, stupid. Mm. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Well, I mean, just the whole basic concept of the movie. The, I invented the, the a lot. for revenge. It yeah. Invented yeah. a lot. One, I mean, this is one of the early and I'm not, I don't want this kind of thing. I don't want to take away a lot from the, the, there are aspects of this movie I believe that could have been could have been really good, but before we actually get our final reviews in, um, I want to talk about some alternative casting. Yeah. Um, okay. So originally, um, there was a, a screenplay that was written by uh, Wendell Mays. Um, you know him. He wrote Anatomy of a Murder. Oh, okay. You guys ever seen that movie? Yeah. It's a fucking awesome, awesome movie. Uh, love it. And it was going to be directed by Sidney Lumet. Yeah, yeah. And Jack Lemmon was going to star. Yeah, Jack Lemmon. And then later on, they talked about Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, they talked about Dustin Hoffman. And they talked about uh, Henry Fonda, George C. Scott. Yeah, George C. Scott. Um, so, it would have been interesting with Hoffman, I think. Say, no, I agree. This is what I wanted to talk about. What would, what would you have thought if this movie starred Dustin Hoffman instead? I think it would have made a lot more sense because... He is someone I think who could just more embody that just every man, you know, regular guy who then then to see him do that change. Yeah, I agree. Where he starts killing people would have been a lot more impactful, I think. Whereas with Charles Bronson, you're like, okay, it's Charles Bronson. Like, he's going to he's going to kill motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think it would have been better. I, I th- think it, the acting wise, it would have been a lot. Better. Yeah, you, ob- yeah, it would have made way more sense. Yeah, I mean, you would have been able to see a lot more different types of emotions out of Hoffman. And the son-in-law the definitely needed to be changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel that... That was horrible. <laughs> I feel that Dustin Hoffman would have portrayed more um, moral complexity through just the subtleties of his acting. For sure. Um, and I think it would have really made a, a completely different film. I think it also needed a different director at that point then. Um but I mean, like if Sidney Lament had directed it, I think, I think we would have been looking at something that was more akin to like the actual original idea. Yeah. And idea. I think you would have been more likely to see him, uh, have some kind of consequence too. I think people would have accepted that more with Hoffman in the role than with Charles Bronson, where they don't want to see him go down. <laughs> they want, cause he's fucking Charles Bronson, right? Like. Well, Bronson even said that he thought Dustin Hoffman should have played the role. Yeah, I wanted, but then he ended up accepting it eventually. Uh, it definitely would have been, I think, a much more interesting movie with Dustin Hoffman. And one other little piece of trivia. Do you guys have any idea which action hero, action star, really, really had a hard-on for remaking this movie? Stallone. Yeah, that short little fucker. Stallone. <laughs> uh, of course he did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 2008 or something they talked about Ugh. remaking it with Stallone. So he could have preceded the Bruce Willis remake. They could have then remade it again. <laughs> I just Once again, we'll talk about Eli. Why Eli Roth? I don't know. What has this guy done that's so great? He was, that the, he gets he was the bear Jew in <laughs> Glorious Bastards. That's his best thing he's ever done. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get. I don't get why some of these people just get to keep making like, stuff. Like I've I've watched most of the movies he's put out, um, and it's the thing is, they're most of them aren't outright terrible. They're just like not 
very good. So like, why does he keep? That's what we celebrate now. To, yeah, it's like why do we? Why does he keep getting to make movies if nothing is nothing he's done is you know nothing he's done is excellent. Cabin Fever is pretty fun. Cabin Fever is fun, but it's it's fun it's in that fun, way weird, that like culty he, horror. He did, movie. Yeah, and also in that way of like it was his first movie, and yeah, so it was like he wasn't necessarily restrained by what you're supposed to do he's probably like a brash kid who's like oh this is fucking crazy i'm gonna do whatever i want and then i'm gonna follow it up with hostile yeah so then hostile which i thought sucked i never watched the second one so but was it a success hostile i think so because at that time that was like you know you had saw and all these much more of a success torture porn kind of horror movies right much more of a success than cabin fever was yeah oh yeah um, cabin fever do you know have you seen cabin fever, yeah James? i've seen cabin fever i i like cabin fever there was a it's whole good. bunch of those kind of movies at that time no not just saw and hostile there was like a whole oh bunch. yeah it was crazy the uh, torture uh, porn was like the thing james wan for a couple of years anyway yeah and then but anyway so i i've also i've seen his more recent movies like i saw that um green inferno or whatever one oh yeah in the, which is kind of just him ripping off like our cannibal holocaust yeah, yeah, yeah cannibal holocaust that's it um, and that one wasn't like outright. That was probably more entertaining than most of his movies, just because it was a fun watching these like annoying college kids get <laughs> cannibalized. If I watch, a, if I don't watch annoying college kids gets killed, I'm gonna watch Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah, that's just a fun movie to watch. Well, yeah. Anyway, yeah, Eli Roth. Yeah, not not hasn't impressed me. Really. Uh, well, let's give us this. Uh, we need some. You know, what we need James for the next episode. We need a a, a, a musical interlude right here, like a, a, drum, roll a drum roll of some type to what give our. What our ratings gonna be? <laughs> yeah. What are our final ratings? So, so, Dustin, this is your movie. Why don't you kick it off? What did you give this movie? Um, my reaction was a six, but then my overall score was, ended up being a five point four. Yeah, and mine's a six, and overall five point six. I'm four and four, so this gives us a tie. Which is our, I think every the last like how many movies have been ties? Yeah. yeah. Well, now when we start having this many movies, you're gonna end up, I think, having a lot of. I don't think. I mean, like you think about, it, you got five, five point one, five point two. There's a hundred. Yeah. So we got five. We're out for justice. Tie for number thirty six. Now I know exactly where I'm landing. Out for Justice goes ahead of this. Does movie. anybody else know where they're gonna go? <laughs> Out for Justice is, I think, this goes is more ahead. entertaining. Boom. Yeah. Out for, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with Death Wish. All right. <laughs> no, of course I'm not. I'm going to Out for Justice. It's because Seagal is obviously a much better human being than Charles Bronson. I mean, he's a Buddha. <laughs> Ugh. He's well, transcended this plane. It's it's so <laughs> the, the the same morals. Yeah, that we apply true. to ourselves do not apply. Out for Justice gets it for just the, did you hear what she said? Did you hear what she just told me scene <laughs> in Out for Justice? Anybody seen Richie? How about that? Uh, Come on. Yeah. So anyway, this movie's number 36 on our list. We're up to 50 movies now. Oh no, 47 movies now. Ooh, shit. Hmm. Well, what are we doing next? Whose pick is it? Yours. Oh, it's your fuck. Pick. You've already picked, you dummy. Oh, yeah, I already picked. Oh, that's right. I already picked. <laughs> this is easy. We are gonna watch Mission Impossible Fallout. Fallout? Yeah. Out for Justice. AKA Mission Impossible Six. I read something, a headline today, guys, that said Mission Impossible Fallout ruins all other action movies. To yeah, come. I saw that. Well, I've already seen it. Have you seen it? Yeah. You fuck. <laughs> 
It's pretty fucking great. <laughs> but we'll find that. You'll find that out. All right. Awesome. Well, we'll find out. Um, we might have to, yeah. It's going to come out in a couple of weeks, but we'll find out soon. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, please like us on iTunes. Tell a friend about us. Give us a review. I don't care if it's bad. Just give us a review. Um, tell a friend. Like our Instagram, I guess. That's yeah, what Instagram. kids are into now. Dustin's taking over that a lot more. And we'll see you guys next week.